Hey guys, it's me, Danny, and I'm ready to talk. So let's go. All right, guys, I, we already know what we're here for, right? We're here for the Ayala Fix My Life recap for part three of um, the Mitchell Brothers. So if we remember before from last week, we remember that there were seven brothers and last week they started to have conversations with their dad and we also introduced the mother and their sister now i found out from this episode the sister is actually the oldest um i kind of figured she would be but she it was clear clarified for me this week so yes the sister is the oldest and again she was left with the uh grandma the maternal grandma and um which i don't know why the boys none not even one boy was left with her but you know a lot of times people think that families will just automatically take in uh children but that's not the case and i don't know why they weren't none of the boys were sent to live with um the mother the grandma or uh, auntie or something but they never were so we start this episode off with the mother and the sister still continuing their conversation together if you can remember from last week this sister she um was feeling a kind of way about the mom and feeling like the mom left her because she cared about the boys more and we had the brother marcus come in and let her know like we we never saw her so that wasn't the case ayala then had now has had the mother telling the daughter forgive me like we like what do we you know need to do and she also told the daughter you have to now define what you want because you sitting around here crying will not change the course of your life thus far so now you have to define what it is that you want for your life from your mother and so kissy the the daughter her name is kissy she well that's her nickname um she was like crying a lot like there was a lot of um emotion stored up in her and so she let it out with tears and uh which is the opposite of Marcus cuz if we remember Marcus you know the first episode was so angry and this this dear child here is so sad and so she's crying and she's crying and she's crying and Ayala was basically saying that she's crying because emotionally she's stuck in that child's mentality where she still wants her mom to come back to her. So, you know, she has she 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 can't let it go. So anytime they speak about anything, her mind goes back to those thoughts that she had when she was a child. Now, Ayala's telling her, "You you have a mother who hasn't matured into her motherhood because she never actually had to be a mother." she just okay so here we go if she if you have children and you raise those children you kind of like grow 
into, you know, parenting. Not that you become perfect at it, by no means does that, is that what that means? But you have, you do have experience in it. You have experience in like those things that make you a mother, uh, things like, you know, staying up at night or, um, nursing a sick child or watching and feeling the joy of watching them learn things such as walking, talking, understanding their surroundings and learning their likes and dislikes and getting to feel how it feels to be responsible for another human being. Those things don't just jump into your soul just because you birth a child. Um, There are some beautiful and wonderful women who carry children for other families. There are who willingly do it uh, via surrogacy. There are some other wonderful women who unwillingly do it um, via like adoptions where they feel like, like I didn't get I didn't get impregnated for another family. However, I'm not, for whatever reason, uh, prepared to raise this child so then they, you know, give their children up for adoption from birth. And then there are other women who birth children and they do it so that um, some kind of system or family member takes their child from them. These women are wonderful women who do... Um, who help other families, but they don't mature into mothers just because there was a, a gestation period and then a delivery. That that doesn't make you a mother. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, this woman who birthed eight children has yet to understand what it feels like to really be a mother because she ain't really hasn't been responsible for any of them the majority of their lives so she didn't like you know she didn't get those things and and Ayana was just saying you know she's stuck herself in this place where she because she knows she is a mother she feels like she's owed and deserves some kind of respect from these people who don't know her and have never experienced her as their mother in act of course they know her as their mother in title but not as in act and so you know she needs to also mature herself in her position so Kizzy's trying to talk about you know how she feels and the mother is trying to give explanation and Ayala is telling her listen you have to own your mess without giving explanation because like we all know this guys like we've been there when you're trying to tell somebody how you feel and they trying to give you the reasons why they did what they what they did I don't care what your reason is why you're why you made me feel how you feel the truth is I feel how I feel because of your action we need to address my feelings not your actions today and that was what Ayana was telling her like today we not we can't address your actions and why you did what you did the truth is we need to address her feelings about what you did 
and she, you know, she's trying to tell the mother, like, you have to stop explaining. It doesn't matter. So then we get to this point where I, um, Marcus is, is again in the room with the mother and Kizzy and Ayana and Marcus is telling her, I wish I had your life. He's telling his sister this. I wish I had your life because your life gave you a stability that I never had. It gave you uh, a comfort that I never had. It gave you the ability to know yourself in a way that I never had. And so I wish that I had that life. But Ayanla was, but okay, so then Kissy was saying like, dude, you sitting over here thinking my life was peaches and cream because I was up in this house with this lady, but she wasn't loving. She would just like buy me things. Kizzy is saying every time that I would bring up like my mom or my brothers and like wanting to know what was going on, she would be like, oh, let's just go to the store. Let's hit the mall. Let's do something. So she was basically buying her hush. And... Uh, you know, buying your hush is like, you know, anytime somebody offers you things to keep you from talking about something that they're not prepared to speak about. So, you know, they'll just like give you a snack or, or, you know, buy you a toy or buy you a purse or, you know, buy you an outfit, get your hair done in hopes that you won't say anything because it's all like hush money. So like buying your hush. So she was saying basically that the grandma bought my, was buying my hush when I, I did have questions and they weren't answered. And so she's trying to tell Marcus, you, from your side of the fence, it looks like my life is one thing. But I'm telling you, on my side of the fence, my life was not exactly what you think it is. And Ayan um, was trying to explain to Marcus, you think... Because you didn't have it, you think you want it, but you always, but you don't always want what you don't have. Because most of most of the time, we're making up uh, stories in our head about what we think is going on somewhere else, and it's not always the truth. Just because the presentation on the outside looks nice doesn't mean that what's going on inside is actually what we're presenting to the outside and I know that you people listening here know about that I know that you in some of y'all's lives you know you dressing up some mess and put presenting it to the world and you know you also know some people who are have been and are dressing up some mess and then presenting it to the world but that's not really what's going on in house and Ayana was trying to tell Marcus that like you just don't know she was saying like Ayana's telling Marcus like one of the things you don't get Marcus is that you even though you guys had a, a harder um lessons in life a harder coming up you all still had each other like there were a couple of you that stuck together for the most part and she just had her. There were no other siblings for her to share their story or their her pain or her disgust or her confusion with. 
all she had was this woman who was like cracked out coming in and out looking like you know pregnant and then rolling out and then coming back again pregnant talking about these boys that she had making it seem like she got like a special family somewhere else she didn't have anybody with her so you gotta think about what you don't see and so she kept saying to Marcus, she don't see it like you see it. She can't. She can't see life the way you see it. She can't see the way you want what, what you thought you didn't have or you what you, you know, what you thought she was getting. She can't see that from that perspective. And then she said to Kissy, he can't see you either. Like, he can't see... From your perspective, either he's never been there and so he doesn't understand or see it the way you see it. But that doesn't make you wrong. Now, if you guys have not listened to the episode where I was talking about perspective, you should go back and check that one out too because I'm sure it's a pretty good one. I'm just, you know, like pat myself on the shoulder. But the perspective is just because I'm looking at something differently doesn't mean that I'm looking at it wrong. And it doesn't even necessarily mean that I'm telling you you're wrong from your view. You just looking at it at from your side. And from your side, it's going to look one way. And from my side, it's going to look another way. And you know, we have to understand that we're not looking from the same angle at something. So it, we can't see it the same way. And I have to respect your angle and your view. And you need to respect my angle and my view. And stop telling me that unless I can put myself over there on your side to see it from your angle that I am wrong. And that's what Ayana was trying to express to them. Uh, she said that... The siblings have been spending a lot of time attacking each other for what their parents didn't do. Now, that's so very interesting because every one of them at some point felt like there was something that should be done and one of the other siblings should have done it for them since they didn't have parents they still expected it and guys that is so powerful because we have a bunch of kids who are fatherless walking around here and we all assume that these kids are okay because they don't have this thing but what the truth is is as we can clearly see here is that children make up in their heads a scenario or for lack of better terms, like a fairy tale of what they think their father could be. And so when whenever the guy shows up, they are in a forgiving mode, expecting that if I'm nicer to him or whoever is my non-custodial parent, if I'm nicer to them, then they will start to become the fantasy that I make up in my head. And then when that doesn't happen, you take it out on the people who are then around you, expecting them to figure out how you should get it. And I think that that is what Ayana meant by the siblings are taking out their pain 
um, for what their parents didn't do, you know? So, like, these two brother and sister are going back and forth, like, why didn't you contact me? You should have contacted me. Oh, contact me. Contact, contact, contact me. And they're screaming it at the two siblings when that's not really what their role is. When you're growing up with your siblings, you should not, there shouldn't even be a reason why we should have to be in a predicament where we would have to contact each other when we were kids. Your parents should keep you together. (laughs) And so you wouldn't need to do that. And so their anger really wasn't with each other. It again was with their parents. But you know, these two parents can't hear them, especially mama, just can't hear what it is. And they, so there's, they're, you know, they're, they're giving it to each other and that's not where it should go. Um... She just needed, I feel like they just needed to stop comparing um, their hurts from each other. It's like, no, I was hurt and I was hurt here. And then and the other one's like, no, because I was hurt and I was hurt here. And my hurt is worse than your hurt. I promise you because I feel it. And it's like, stop comparing your hurts. And understand and have compassion for the fact that you both were hurt. That's um, what would be better for your growth. Just, just understanding that the hurt has occurred, and say, "I get it. You did. It wasn't a great life for you, and I, and and it wasn't a great life for me. And we have to go somewhere else." Um, the mother, she doesn't speak as though she stands in her truth that she was a drug addict and that that kept her from being a mother because the mother again was trying to like make excuses for like why she didn't do and why she could have and how she didn't do and all of these things. And it's like, no ma'am, the truth is that you were a drug addict and you were like deep into the game of the drugs and so you were not a mother you have to say that you have to say out of your mouth I was not the mother that you needed from me because I was sick and on these drugs and that is the truth you don't know we don't need to hear that I tried to come and find I tried to tell you and the people told me and I can you could not be a mother because the drug had a hold of you and that hold was greater than your need to mother that is just all the that it that it is uh it's one of the things a lot of like ex-addict parents do where they like they expect for the children to forgive them for the drug use and then they think that they are then like expunged for like all of the things that happen like especially towards their kids so like when you are a child of a drug addict lots of situations happen there there you you there are some horrific stories that children of drug addicts can can and have told when parents clean themselves up and they are no longer on the drugs it is like they believe that they can now jump 
into their child or children's lives as though they were never on the drugs. And it is one of the things that I don't think is addressed enough in the recovery process for addicts. It is this thing where you're do should your children forgive you if you say I am sorry and I did wrong and I didn't do the best and I want to you know get to know you. Yes, they should. They should forgive you for these things. But then should you then understand that you can't jump into my life now that I am 12, 14, 17, 22, 35, and think that you parented me for the last whatever number of years and so that I am now supposed to come at you as though you have always been this loving pairing person because the truth is even though I have forgiven you for those things I've still experienced them and it is a part of me and so do I trust you the same as you think that I should trust you nah bruh I don't do I am I more cautious around you than you think I should yeah dude I am and Am I going to forget that those things happen? No, dog. I don't got you like that. So, like, parents, recovering addict parents, like, you have to, like, just step back, dude. It's the same as any other hurt. If you hurt somebody, you have to give them time to adjust. So, yes, I will say that I forgive you. But that doesn't mean that if I forgive you at 5 o'clock, at 7 o'clock, we good. No, we not. No, because especially if I'm like 30 years old, it took 30 years to get to forgiving. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take another 30 years before I trust you. I don't know. But I, it ain't today. Like <laughs> It's just not today. And you, the person who did the wrong to me, have to give me time to adjust and see that this is there, there's a time period where I gotta really see that you for real about like what you said and that you're really gonna act on like being better like I don't we're not gonna just work on immediately we in and I think that that is one of those things that ex drug addict parents don't understand enough of So what I mean on that is like when people are hurting, they don't care about why you hurt me. They want the apology, but the why is an excuse for what you just apologized for. And then you kind of like scratch out the whole dang apology like nobody cares. So... Okay, guys, now we go to, like, day three. And I, listen, this is a lot because this day only been through two days so far. And, like, oh, my gosh, they covered a lot. So, day three comes and the daughter and the mother are again in session. And the daughter is, they're like, they're talking and then the daughter is crying again. And, and Ayana is, like, tell me what this tears are like give it to me and she's like you know I just wanted my mom and so 
I only tell her, like, say it again, I want my mommy. And she said it again, say it again, I want my mommy. Say it again, I want my mommy. And then Aliana says, listen, um, I get that you want your mommy, but you ain't never going to get it from this lady. You're never going to get what you are looking for because your mother doesn't have what it is you want. She has no capabilities of being the loving mother who made cookies colored with you when you was little, did your hair and all that stuff. You can't get that because you are too old for that. It will not happen. But... You now get to choose how you want to be in a relationship with this woman who is here now. And that is a beautiful thing because not everybody gets that. But they like they don't get they don't understand that. They don't understand it. Like I see you and you are, you know, asking for forgiveness and now I get to decide how I want to be in a relationship with you. I don't have to be in a relationship where I have to look at you as my mama. I can be in a relationship where we more like friends because the thing like and the, the truth is, is that she, Kizzy, the daughter, needed to have these tears to mourn the mother daughter relationship that is dead. It is not non-existent. It cannot come back together you will not get the the fantasy that was in your head that thing has to die for you to then start to live in the reality of the relationship you can have now and i, I think a lot of us don't understand that like we 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 don't understand like even in like couple relationships like what you thought you were going to get as a couple you have not gotten and you probably will not ever get that but you get to choose today how you want to be a couple from now on and so you have the right to choose how you want to show up in the relationship that is set in front of you right now not what you imagine but but open your eyes to the reality of what's happening now and kissy had to let go and bury the fantasy relationship she was having with her mother in her head she also needed to dead the relate the fantasy relationship she thought her mother was having with her brothers so that you can now live an adult woman life with your adult woman ex-drug addict mother who now you get to choose how she is allowed to show up in your life that's dude like if you don't get the chills for the blessing that that is is like the blessing of the fact that she has had somebody to say that to her and to also now have the reality of that set before her that's so dope guys like won't all get to have somebody tell us that now if you want to call me i'll tell you that in a minute because like i think it's one of those fantastic things that happens and a lot i get that a lot of people don't know it but for her to get that lesson was amazing. She, Ayana is telling her that like um, the tears that you're crying are for the little child, but you now have to like push past that point. Like I said, 
push past these tears, let go of the fantasy, show up now in the here and now. Ayala was saying there is a woman inside of your mother that you don't understand. And that is a reality for a lot of us also too. So like catch this too. Our parents are not just our parents. Their lives did not start when we were born. They were people before they were our parents. They were uh, daughters and, and, and sons before they were our parents. And there's a lot of us who've had parents who have had a lot of experiences before they got to being our, like, let's just go ahead on and like talk about mother or father, or father, either way. There's a lot of experiences that we had when we don't know about their heartaches and embarrassments and uh, deferred dreams and um, uh, lost loves and pains of their child their um, upbringing we we don't try to tap into any of that and so we just think that these people don't have feelings and experiences outside of us and 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 that they're just here to uh make us happy and that is not the truth and so what Ayana was telling his daughter is get to know this woman don't try to just get to know, don't try to just have a mother. You have this beautiful space now where you get to know a woman for who she is and what she is and who she was when she wasn't near you and and what you wanted. And she could maybe tell you some horrific things that happened to her. And the daughter was saying, like, I just wanted to be with you. And I just wanted to, even if you were on drugs, I wanted to be with you. And Ayana says to her, listen, the truth is, is that what if the universe was um, keeping you safe? from harm by not having you with your mother like you are looking at this as a negative but the truth could be that if you if she would have kept you you could have been sold for drugs to any raggedy man or woman that she owed some money to you could have been a a child sex slave right now you could be a prostitute out on the street right now you could be on drugs yourself right now and you're telling me that you would have rather have had all of that just to stand beside her raggedy side at the point when she was raggedy you don't know and because you don't understand what she saw out there in those streets you think that it would have been okay because still in your head you can't see the ugliness of what it would have been to be drug around by a drug addict mother and so I'm trying to tell you now you were if you just turn the turn your eyes a little bit you would see that you were being saved by the universe for not sending you out there into the world with your mother your brothers could tell you some experiences they had that you think you would be okay because you didn't experience them but sit down for a little while with your brothers and have a conversation and you'll find out you don't really want to be 
where you think you want it to be. That's the truth. Ayama says to her, I know that, um, you know, it's hard and you want these hugs and these kisses. So Ayana puts her on the lap and hugs her and she's telling her, like, it's okay to cry, but like, what is it that you want? And the daughter was saying, like, I want her to know that she hurt me. I want her to know that I'm hurt. And Ayana said, well, you know, did you tell her? And the daughter said, no. And I only said, well, why don't you open your mouth and say that instead of constantly saying, I want my mom. Tell her what I tell her. Tell her you hurt me. I get it. And I want to forgive you. But I also before I can do that, I need you to understand that I was hurt and that I was lonely and that I was sad and that I and that, and that because you didn't come for me. I made up this fantasy world that now you you kind of like held me hostage in this fantasy world that now then I grabbed onto myself and held myself hostage in a fantasy world. Tell her these things so you can get them off your chest so that you're not walking around with them for the next 25, 30 years hoping that she gets it even though you have the opportunity to tell her. She's not supposed to just guess it from you. Because that's not how it works. So, she tells her, listen, make your request for what it is you want moving forward. And the daughter gave her some requests. I want to talk to you. I want to get to know you. I want you to get to know my kids. And then the mother made a request. And one of her biggest requests, and this is a good one, was when you speak to me... Speak to me with respect because I'm trying to respect you and I'm looking for respect back. And Ayana was telling her, and guys, I don't know if I've ever said this, but I feel like I do. And I feel like we had a podcast episode about this, but she said that the tone, your tone will dictate how a relationship moves forward. And I don't know if you guys don't know, but like I have this serious thing about people understanding tone. And tone will definitely dictate how our relationship moves forward. Because if you constantly speaking to me with this tone that tells me that you have an attitude towards me, or you're better than me, or you're angry with me, I'm going to adjust my actions around you based off of how you constantly speak to me. So the mother's basically saying, if you keep coming to me disrespectfully, we always going to butt heads because I'm not going to hear anything you're saying because I want to be respected. And you're never going to get your point across to me because you're not speaking to me correctly. Y'all need to write that down if you're not. So, Ayana tells the daughter... I, I think I want to hook you up with a life coach to help you move forward without all of the anger and resentment that you have in your in your in your person. And that was a blessing again. She was given a life coach. Now I know some of you who don't listen to it or whatever feel like, oh, I don't never save no lives. Like I see that all the time. But like this girl was given a life coach. So that after these cameras stop rolling, 
you will have the tools to help you move forward with your emotional stability and that's what she needed and she took it and so like that is a blessing uh then Ayala goes back to having a meeting with with the parents and the oldest son Michael she's asking him and I like I don't know if y'all saw the episode but she then pulls out an iPad or some kind of piece of uh, tablet or something and she starts showing these videos and I was just child I saw these videos on the internet because you know I'm out here in these internet streets and I saw these videos on the internet and it did not click to me that that was the guy but he does these things where it looked like it's this really skinny guy and he's usually like half naked and he's like trying to like do stripper moves or like sing a song or something and it's always just like something is off with him well here we go one he uh has some kind of um mental stunted growth and you know so uh Ayala saying to him, like, what, what is this? Like, what the hell? Like, come on, dude. And he starts to say, like, I wanted, you know, people to see me. And I wanted to be, you know, trying to do this comedy thing. And Ayala's like, dude, you got, you got a daughter. Like, you can't, is this what you want your daughter to do? Is, is this who you want, you think somebody would want to date? Is this person out here in a garbage bag? And I don't know if you ever seen the video, but, like, he's really in, like, a garbage bag. It's kind of like a garbage bag diaper type thing. And he's just, like, dancing around the street. And that's why when you watch some of these videos, you got to pray for these people who you're watching these things and you're looking at them going, why would somebody do that? Now, sometimes people are deliberately, you know, creating characters. And some things are funny, but then you, like, there are things when you're watching them, you're going, like, something just ain't, and I shouldn't be entertained by this. And what he was doing, like, like we're, we're not realizing we're watching somebody with a mental um, illness, I'm giving you the finger quotes, mental illness, uh, trying to do something that they don't understand the ramifications of their actions. He doesn't, he he got it, but he didn't get it. Like, you don't want to have to show up to the world like this all the time. And people, you going everywhere and people expecting to see you in a garbage bag diaper. Like, that's not fly. And so she was telling him, like, you're going to have to get it together. And so she, Ayala was saying he's basically doing this kind of nonsense because he feels invisible unseen and unheard within his family so he's gonna do these shenanigans that nobody even knew he was doing in his family to be seen somewhere whether people are you know making a joke of him not laughing with him but laughing at him it was fine with him as long as somebody somewhere saw him um and so she told him, basically, get it together. We're not going to do this. And so then at the very end, we're coming on the end of this, guys. We're almost 
to the end of this episode and uh, three-part series where Ayala has the guys dress up and come into a room as men and you know not that they weren't looking like men but like suited up and they look clean and they sat down and Ayala gave them all uh, certificates like diplomas from the school of life and she you know basically pulled out and told them things that she felt like they had learned like uh, for example, leadership or communication skills, like those things that you learn that you don't realize are skills. Some people just don't realize like they, we, I've gathered a skill because I, just because I didn't go to school for it doesn't mean that I'm not, uh, I'm not, um, you know, learned in this area. So then they all spoke had a chance to address the parents the youngest one told his father that I forgive you and I'm open to move forward and then he said that he apologizes to the mother for the way that he spoke to her sometimes the second youngest told the mom that he wanted to trust her but that it, you know that that would be what they would work on And he said to his father, I've spent a lot of my life chasing love and chasing men. And I think that from you, I should not have to do either one. You being my dad, I shouldn't have to chase you for love. And so he was saying, like, I need you to step up and, like, you know, take your place in my life. Uh, Marcus... No, Mikhail said that um, he forgave them for the past and that he had to do that for himself, not for his parents, so that he could be a stronger person for himself. And he said all he wanted, and he mostly was just addressing his dad, and he said what he wanted was for him to have a better relationship with the grandchildren, Mikhail's children. Um, Marcus... Marcus was the one who was angry. He um, was saying that he wanted his dad to be patient with him and be realistic about with him about his position. He said, it hurt to not have you in my life, but don't give up on me now. Like, now that we're trying to have this relationship, don't give up on me because there's going to be days when I'm going to be Um, difficult to get through to but don't give up on me because even on those difficult days the truth is that I really want to have the relationship with you the oldest son Michael said that um, he forgave his father but he doesn't know how to show his love to his father but he wants to be more loving to his father and received more love from his father and he didn't address his mother now the truth is like most of the boys really didn't address their mothers they kind of just was like you know I forgive you or whatever but like you know you ain't I don't know like I guess the father 
and they didn't really talk about this, but I guess that he did do some things that made them feel like he came for them sometimes. And the mother, like, she just was cracked out and, you know, they she didn't show up. And I think the mother, she looks like she had a harder time with this, you know, uh, addiction than the father did. So the dad breaks down and he starts crying because he like, you know, he really wants, I think that he really wants to get it and he wants to have a better relationship with his boys. And that was, was a good thing to see as well as that, you know, these boys aren't trying for nothing. They're trying and there's a goal that could be reached with, you know, everybody. And uh, Melvin said to the dad, you don't need to cry anymore. Um, Because even though you guys didn't choose us when we were younger, we actually are now choosing you because we don't have to have a relationship with you now at this age. We could work on a relationship with just ourselves and then, you know, y'all could do whatever y'all want to do, but we're choosing you. We're choosing you as our parents now. So take it as a blessing. Then the sister let the boys know that she wanted to have a better relationship with them and that she wanted them to have a better relationship with her. Now, guys, we came to the end of this uh, episode and the end of this three-part series, and whoo, I know it was a lot. I know I said a lot today, but there was so much going on in these three hours worth of footage that they gave to us that, you know, um, I had to do the recap as much justice as I possibly can. I hope you guys are enjoying these recaps and following along with me and I really hope that if you if you're not watching that you start watching because again it may not be something that you personally have experienced. Not everybody who's listening to this right now has had parents who were on drugs but you do have some things that you can look back on and say grace saved me from having to experience worse than what I experienced or you know there is a relationship that I need to speak up in with a correct tone but I need to speak up and be honest and truthful about what it is I expect from the other person I'm in relationship with, however that relationship may be. You can get out of this that there's also always a point where you may think that you know what somebody else's experience was, and when they sit down and they tell you what it actually is, you would be shocked and amazed at what people are going through out here in these streets. And so I think that even if you don't identify with the actual story, the lessons that you can get, and if you don't know what those lessons are, tune in all the time to me, and I will tell you what I got out of it, and hopefully you'll be able to grab some lessons from me. Take note, guys. Grab a pen and a piece of paper, because I'm trying to give you words of encouragement at all times. You know that's what I'm here for. So don't forget, Ayanla Fix My Life comes on every Saturday night at 9 p.m. And if you cannot catch it at 9, I believe it comes back on at like 1 a.m. or something like that. But 
child. I'm, you know, I'm trying to be in the bed by then because I got church in the morning. But, um, <laughs> um, don't forget to catch it, um, the OWN Network at 9 p.m. I on the Fix My Life. We will be back next week for another episode of, you know, another recap of next week's episode. I don't know, is it coming on next week? Because, you know, it, it um, if you're listening to this uh, when it's fresh, next week is Easter Sunday. And so I'm not sure if it's going to be on, but I will be here. So you, if, if it's not on, we'll be discussing something else as we will be later on in this week. So check out that. If you guys haven't already, make sure you are subscribing to the podcast. That means just like go up there in the little top right there and you'll see a little thing that says subscribe. Hit that button, click on it. Also, rate this, guys. Give me a star rating. You know, I'm looking for them fours and fives out there. And don't forget to also share 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 it with your friends tell people about me guys you it's it doesn't cost anything you already know it you're here for free let one of your friends or co-workers or family members know hey guys if you gotta if you gotta you know some time to listen I know I'm here and I'm talking for a pretty long minute but everybody has some time and you if you're in your car or you're getting ready in the morning or you're taking a shower you know or you're washing your dishes cleaning your kitchen or something like that throw me on have a conversation i'm sure there's some things you want to say to me hit me up on facebook hit me up on instagram show me some love on twitter i'm in these internet streets and i will put my uh internet information in the descriptions that's right if you just go like right up there where um by the, subs- the subscription box, you'll also be able to like see the little information that I put up about my um, internet streets. It's a lot, so I'm not gonna just like run it off for you guys, cause then you'll need like a pencil and a paper. And why do that when you can just check the little subscription box? Um, the um, description box and it'll all be there for you so meet me in the internet streets and let me know what you're feeling about things we can discuss some stuff also understand this guys I will also be getting ready to start the YouTube channel where you'll be able to like see it and leave me comments there too if that's your if that's the way that makes you feel a little bit more comfortable but keep this subscription rolling because you know why not again it's free and free always works for us um also guys remember everything i say on here i truly do mean but you don't have to take anything i say as fact after all i'm just saying